Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Technology. Let's try this again for the first time. Yep. Okay, guys. All right. So, welcome back. This is another episode of Old Hollywood Realness. Um, I'm your host, Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Nall. Um, So, basically, just wanted to let you guys know, let you into a peek behind the curtain. We're trying something new. We're doing a a satellite recording. I'm in Seattle, and my friend Kathleen, she's over there in Oregon. Yep. Good old Portlandia, as a sort of speak. <laughs> so we're, um, so yes, yeah, so FYI, this might sound a little bit different than the one you've heard before, and it might hurt, uh, sound different than the ones you'll hear after this. So just, you know, be patient. Keep, us, keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay, let's dive right into it. So the movie we watched today was White Christmas, the classic yes. musical from 1954. Um, yes. So what's your history with this, Kathleen? Well, um, I, I always remember this coming on, um, like, every year on, on TV with, like, uh, A Christmas Story and, um, oh, gosh, the other one with Jimmy Stewart that I'm drawing a blank on. <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> what is light. It's a wonderful, <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> light. I'm so sorry. It's Donna Reed, those things. Yeah, okay. Those and so things. I remember those. <laughs> I remember them always, like, sort of, coming on around the same time and, uh, mm-hmm. but not really, um, not really watching it so much as a kid. That being said, I've always had a thing for Danny Kay. Oh, yeah, so like, you. I guess in, in my mind, like this always sticks out as like, um, like I, yeah, I, I think I would have just liked it anyway. Cause I, I just love all things Danny Kay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. After watching this movie, I totally agree with you. I was like, he's kind of a heartthrob in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! Best ha- best man hair of nineteen yes. forties. That like curl, like lightly curled pompadour on top. I'm like, oh oh wow! Just yeah. You know, just He's funny cute. enough. You know. Yes. Great dancer too, by the way. Like there is some amazing in there. dancer. I was like, Jesus! He's like, he could give Gene Kelly a run for his money. Oh, totally, yeah. absolutely, and like singing, dancing, funny, and just. Yeah, everything. He has a, an amazing charisma. Like, yeah. what's not to like? Um, so my history with this movie, actually, um, thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> so, and Philip, what is your history with this movie? Why Christmas? Let me think back. So, um, yeah, like you said, we um, it was a Christmas movie that was kind of always on in the background. I don't remember actually ever seeing it because my family was more of the contemporary um, Christmas musical movies with, like, mm-hmm. Lampoon's Vacation, Christmas Story. Um, I want to say there was a bunch of really crappy cartoons that were, like, kind of, like, sh- 
really poorly made for that era. Like the claymation, like it uh, was definitely uh, the, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There was always <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that weird like stop motion. And then there's also, I think there was definitely a California Raisins Christmas story. And then there Ooh. was also, um, there's a lot of like Disney ones too. There was like a Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol or something to that effect with Scrooge McDuck as the, um, as the, um, as the um, Scrooge character. Yeah, I remember so, that one too. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird one. But um so, with like yeah, the so three I nephews think, and like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like a whole Donald Duck and like Mickey was the crotch. Anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was made in the eighties. Anyhow, so the, uh, so I think I actually ended up watching this a couple years ago just on my own because it was on Netflix and I was like, Oh, let me check this out. I'd never seen it and I was pleasantly surprised and happy with the happy with the results, so I was like, nice, okay. It actually made me fall yeah. in love with Danny Kay, too. I was like, oh, he's a little, he's a cutie. <laughs> he's so super cute in this movie. And I think that's the thing is, like, this is definitely another one of those, like, post-war optimism. I mean, it takes place, it like, starts, right yeah, during the war in the beginning. Right at the yeah. end of it, so, I mean, it's, like, yeah. dead in the heat of it. So, um yeah. And it, it definitely has a kind of like a World War II sort of bro fest sort of thing, but in a good way, uh, you know. And um, uh, yeah, and, and like the two the two leads and how they sort of become friends and and uh, like acting partners and yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So um, the let's just run down the cast list. We got Bing Crosby and sure. Danny Kaye um, as they are they they're the uh, stars of the movie with Rosemary Clooney and Vera Allen Vera Ellen sorry as um, the the Haynes sisters Betty and Judy. Um, the costumes of this are by the incomparable Edith Head. I keep Edith calling Head? I keep calling every single um, costume designer incomparable. I need to come up with a new word for that. <laughs> The, yeah, you know, they good. all kind of were in a way. I mean, they were pretty fabulous in their own right. The oft awarded <laughs> Edith Head, <Yeah. laughs> and it was uh, and it was directed by Michael Curtis with a Z on the end. And um, this one is a Irving Berlin, a songbook by Irving, Irving yeah. Berlin. So all the songs all are Irving all Irving Berlin all the time. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's jump right into this mofo. Some interesting factoids for the old White Christmas. Uh, what the song White Christmas was originally appeared in a movie that um, predated this movie called Holiday Inn. FYI, so this wasn't oh, the yeah. first time Holiday um, that Chris, White Christmas was premiered in a movie. And then also the song White Christmas holds the Guinness Book of World Records number one best-selling single of all time. It actually there are wow. some there's some songs that appear. I've heard that some songs jockey. F- for the best position, but every time Christmas rolls around, it's like White Christmas just like skyrockets back up again. So it can, nobody could ever outsell it for some reason. Probably wow, because that's it's amazing. the Christmas song. Yeah, so take that Jeez. to the bank. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so the movie, like we were talking about earlier, the movie starts out with just, like, the army scene where they're all off at war, and then the general comes in, and then there's this whole, like, number where um, Danny Kay and Bing Crosby are entertaining the troops, and that's, like, a cute, um, it's an adorable little scene, and it pulls at the heartstrings. And Yeah, and it was pretty cool. I mean, I think the way they did it was, like, um, you know, it's like the, it's, like, toward the end of World War Two, but it's still, like, they're just stolen like crapsville as far as like getting bombed all yeah. the time and 
and I guess they're sort of getting swapped out with a different, um, was he like a, I'm sorry, it was like a, a general, general. I, I believe. Yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're different like generals. Leadership. Yeah. And so you get the idea, like their leader was such a great guy and, um, you know, and, uh, and you even kind of seem like come in and trying to do the swap and, and the new general's like, ah, oh, I can't believe these guys are like singing about Christmas when they should be like, you know, thinking about war. And he's like, ha yeah, that's awful. And, <laughs> you know, like, like the new general's like, yeah, take them on the shortcut. And, you know, kind of like derails him. But you get the idea that he basically, in so many words, is like, go fuck yourself. Like, we've, we've been through enough, you know? And yeah. that's what makes him such a, a great general is that, like, he, you know, was he had humanity. He let them like celebrate Christmas at a time when things were so shitty and it made a lot, it meant a lot to them and they sing white Christmas. And so you already see from the beginning of the movie, like how special that song is to them. Um, But yeah, and it's totally like Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby, like being this duo entertaining the troops. (laughs) Yeah. And it really sets the tone that the general is like a very important guy and the troops really respect him. And then the, 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 the feeling is mutual against from the the general respects, the troops and that sort of stuff. So it was, it was a nice scene. It's it was actually really, it was kind of a pretty, the backdrop was really beautiful too. It was all like, it felt a little authentic, but it also felt a little theatrical and I I liked It it, but it also, it really kind of brought home, I would imagine it would really kind of bring back memories for people in the war because this was 1954, so the war would have been over and it would have really kind of like brought back those memories of being there and that sort of stuff, so. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of the people who were watching it at the time, I mean, if you think about it, like that really wasn't that far off. I mean, uh, you know, many of the people who would have been watching that movie would have either been in the war or I think the, uh, actually the Korean War was going on at that time as well. So there were people going to war for that. So it's funny. It's like as, as much as we think of the 50s as being so kind of like perfect and post-war, there still was the Korean War and everything going on in the early 50s. And like it was still kind of heavy in that that feeling. And like it really it really kind of had that feel in there, like you were saying. Like, you know, you could see that mix of like the fake backdrops, but like what everybody was wearing felt very authentic. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like all the yeah. uniforms and stuff felt gritty even though it's supposed to be like this polished music but it had a bit of a it had a bit of a memory kind of vibe to it which i kind of appreciated too so it didn't feel like too like they were trying to go for the super grittiness but they were just getting enough across to like make it feel evocative and the music was really evocative in the way that they were singing it was all melancholy i thought that was really it was really beautiful scene yeah it was it pulled at the heart it really was was really like kind of like made you feel a lot so basically the they get they end up swipping swapping out the generals and then they ended up getting attacked by um, a bombing raid and stuff like that so danny k ends up saving bing crosby's life and then in return mm-hmm. he um crosby promises like anything he could do to like help k out and of course danny k is like well of course let's team up and become a singing and dancing team <laughs> and yeah he's like He's like the the friendly schemer. Yeah, He's totally. like, well, I knew you were, I knew you were a, uh, you know, you're a famous guy before, and you know, we we had this pretty great duo going in the war. How about you and me gang up after the war and we do this <laughs> thing? And he's like, well, okay. And then they do it, and huh, lo and behold, they become a success. And it's kind of awesome. And I love that it's like, like you see these like newspaper headlines. Yeah, I think one of things. One of the ones know. that I wrote down was Wallace and Dave's act is Bafo. <laughs> Yeah, and then I, I saw that too, and I was like, 
that good? It's always box office boffo, and I'm just like, I want to be. I want to start referring to things as boffo from now on. And I love um, gangbusters too. Yeah. <laughs> gangbusters and boffo. Those are my two new friends. Oh my gosh, I love me some mid-century <laughs> slang. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, and so. They become like this singing duo, and I guess they end up in like yeah, Florida. So, yeah, so like it's basically Miami like a little something. montage of like few like real quips, quick snippets of like Irving Berlin songs that basically shows them becoming rise to rise of stardom, and then it does like you were saying ends up in Florida. Yeah, yeah. just kind of a further yeah. career. Which I mean, I'm sorry to be a fly on the wall in early 1950s Miami West have been killer <laughs> because. It seems like there were some great nightclubs back then, uh, yeah. and they always end up there. It's like, oh, but in between New York and L.A., we go to Miami, we do this thing, and you're just like, well, you know that there, like, you know that there's a there's a hotel in Miami still to this day that's like kind of I forget the name of it. I'll have to Google it, but it's like a really beautiful hotel, and um, we've actually looked into going to it, and it has like this beautiful, like almost like violin shaped pool, and it was like Esther Williams used to swim there, and like all the rap, like the Rat Pack used to hang out there. It was like a big deal in the fifties, and like everybody used to go there. It's still um, apparently okay. very beautiful. Yeah, so it's like, so I mean, that one's kind of a relic from the time. So it's like just seeing that in this day and age. Are you saying is we like, need to do like a live casting? <laughs> maybe a field like, trip, <laughs> little field trip yeah, down the floor. Little field trip. <laughs> I'm little not about Hollywood it. realness, no, uh, live live taping from the pool. I'm down with that. I'm like totally okay. I'm not with above that. it. I'm not above it. So. um <laughs> <laughs> back to the back to the movie though. Um, so basically, yeah, like you're saying, they end up in Florida, and their um, their their show that they're working on, or the show that they're um, performing in, is called Playing Around. Which I was like, such a, some of these titles, <laughs> some of these titles that they have of like musicals and movies is so random. It's like Springtime Love Affair, Playing Around. <laughs> you know, it's like Central Park Madness. Like, Playing around. What? <laughs> Sprinkling my love. What? Wait, what? What happened? You're not, yeah, it's, it's like it could be any show, and then they literally make it into any show. It's so good. Um, so... <laughs> So there's um, the scene that the scene right after the montage is really cute because it's all backstage and it's Danny Kay trying to get um, Danny Kay's like talking to a couple of showgirls and he's trying to get um, Bing Crosby to go out with them and the costumes that the showgirls are wearing is oh my god so cute <laughs> it's like one's in like so green it's like green and it's all like sequined in this beautiful like teardrop pattern and stuff and it's so funny and that girl is hilarious because um, yes. Bing Crosby's like how you doing and the showgirls like mutual I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) and she has the most gorgeous almost like a it's like platinum hair that's like almost like like combed into like the duck's ass kind of comb like a Mm -hmm. like a boy's haircut but it's like it's kind of got like a small pomp in the front but I just love how it's like they're wearing like these beautiful like like satin one pieces with like sequins all over and little sequin pieces and then like little net skirts oh my gosh it's so cute like and the really, front's really all cut out so you see all there. legs and stuff it's like really gorgeous um yeah so yep. it's pretty amazing 
They're like, this is just what I wear, you know, every night, going to work. I just love, that's one of my favorite things about watching these musicals is that there's always, like, backstage scenes where they're just, like, there's always these random showgirls just sort of, like, running upstairs and downstairs behind them just doing nothing. And it's, like, you get these quick quick flashes of these costumes that are so, like, gorgeous. You're like, wait, wait, put those girls on stage. (laughs) It's like the... It's like irreverent costumes. You're just like, wait, what? This whole thing, you know? And you're just, they're just like running around being part of the scenery and they call it like uh, chewing the scenery. <laughs> I love it too. Oh, and then I there's just it. always like one random girl in the foreground in like this crazy, amazing costume. And you're just like, we need to spend more time on this girl. Like, come on. <laughs> also, maybe we're just so excited because it's like 25 minutes into the movie and it's the first sequin we've seen. You know? <laughs> it's just like the first like shiny thing. Possibly. <laughs> we're like, oh my God. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, um, this sets up the fa- sets up the storyline that Danny Kay is trying to hook. It, basically, he's trying to hook up Bing Crosby with chicks because Bing Crosby's too much of a workhorse, and he's like, "You need to find a lady so that you'll like ease up on the work." And um, I was just noting that Danny Kay is really, really, really interested and overly interested in uh, Bing Crosby's life, his love life. It's, uh, it's yes, a little unnerving. So I'm like, Dude, mind your own business. I, I agree. It's like, no, I totally agree because, and I was, I actually watched that part twice right, <laughs> right before we, we talked because I was like, uh, yes, because all he says is he'd like to just have 45 minutes of himself to have a massage and <laughs> <laughs> really queen. <laughs> really? I mean, really, you know, like, that's all I'm thinking. I'm like, what, what? Like, you know, it's, how is Bing Crosby taking so much out of your life, sir, that you he's taking quality massage time from your life? Gotta get, get that rub and tug. God. Um, yeah, so um, then that scene just sort of jumps it forward to them actually going. They got to go see this. Um, sister act that they're that they promised their their Jesus. They promised this kid that they um, served in the army with that they're the Jesus. I'm like losing my brain. Okay, the Haynes sisters. The Haynes, the Haynes sisters. sisters. <laughs> yes. So they got to go see the Haynes sisters, and it's her. And apparently, the Haynes sisters have a brother, and the brother served with Danny Kay and Bing Crosby in the army. So, and I put brother in quotes because apparently the letter was actually written by one of the sisters. It was like a whole ploy. Um, yeah. So they go to this club and they go to see the Haynes sisters and um, it's adorable. There's um, there's actually a cigarette girl that you see. It's again, background, backup, um, background performers. You see the cigarette girl and she walks by and she's wearing this super short like chartreuse green dress and I'm like, come on, guys, spend more time on these girls. Like, stop. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's like, where do they find these costumes? I know they're buried somewhere in Western costume right now and it's just, it probably looks amazing. Oh, it, um, it, no, it really was. Like, and that is totally like that, like early, like early to mid 50s, just everybody's in this like circle cut dress. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, like super short. Even the boys. No, <laughs> I, everybody's in circle cut dress. And, like, <laughs> the, guy, the men, the children, they're all in circle cut dress. <laughs> oh my God. And it's just, no, everybody's just so fucking done and, and delicious. It so, it's wonderful. Uh, it's, it's de- it was definitely well worth it. So, um, 
So yeah, so then they go and they sit down and they see they this the Haynes sisters come out and they do their sisters number, which I don't know. <laughs> how do you wait? Okay, let's just. How do you feel about this number? <laughs> well, okay. So the way I feel about this number is this was something that was often quoted. I'm I'm the oldest and have two younger sisters, mm-hmm. and I this was like a this was. Song lyrics like this and this song itself are often quoted to me and my sisters like we were supposed to know it or enjoy it. And I was always like, the fuck are you singing to me? Like, sisters, this, there's no mistress. Take I'm like, who the fuck don't? No, I have sisters. Why would I ever sing this? I don't get this song at all. And but that being said, I mean, I see it now, and of course, a part of me wants to completely memorize it with my sisters, and now like do some sort of like singing and dancing number because this is goddamn ridiculous. Oh my god! But you know, but but again, like I, I feel like a lot of the lyrics in this song, and and like so much from that time, it's like it's it's all about like getting a man, you know. Well, it's, that. it's all about that, that, you know. And and that. like even the ser- the song lyrics, like it's like, um, Lord help the Mister who comes between me and my sister, and Lord help the Mister who comes between me and my man. I mean, like what? No. <laughs> well, what? it's clearly setting up that they're just know. like. They, it's clearly setting up that they're like blood is thicker than water until a man comes to the picture. But also, I'm right, just like exactly. this was then, like zoop, 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 I'm getting married. Yeah, oh, but I'm like for me, I'm just like this was the first like girls number. It was the first like lady singing number. Yeah, and they come out in these like sh- their their costumes look very are kind of dowdy, and they're they got I mean they they're cute. They're, they're very they're cute. Yes, it's peri- basically it's like it's periwinkle beaded lace tops with like full. Yeah. Circle skirts that come t-length circle skirts and then these i mean they're like in shells basically it's like it's like a shell like armor on their body and and it has gloves and it has these giant um ostrich fans which i'm never which i'm never opposed to i love a good oversized ostrich fan but i'm just like i honestly felt like they should have just taken off their dresses and done everything with fan work (laughs) well i'm just like fans were fucking tits but everything else could kind of. Well, gone, I'm just like, who is the booker of this show? Is like, what is there like some weird like austere Mormon man who's just like this is racy and will really get the crowd going? I'm like, wait, this is the most like snooze fest mm, yes, number. This is adequate. <laughs> it's like, what if I went to a supper club and this was the floor floor show? I'd be like, um, what is this like? Am I at? What show am I at? This isn't entertaining at all. I was like, kind of a bit of a yawn mm, fest. These sisters have the perfect, the perfect balance of sex appeal and shame. <laughs> I shall put them up. <laughs> like, I don't get that. I whatever. And I, also, too, like I didn't, I didn't really know. I don't really know much about Rosemary Clooney except I think that she looks amazing in this movie, she and does, I love her yeah. voice, and she seems kind of amazing. Like I want to know more about her. And I know she's an amazing singer. I've heard, I've heard things. I, I know she's really great. But, like, this is the first time I've really actually seen her in a movie. And um, there's a part of her that kind of reminds me a little bit of Kathleen Turner, I guess, because she's kind of got the gravelly voice. But she's also, like, super beautiful and kind of amazing. Um, yeah, so I definitely want to know, just even watching this, I'm just like, she seems kind of amazing. 
But they both look really hungry. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Vera, Vera Ellen them. looks hungry. Like, and, and, like all you. caps. She oh is painfully I mean, skinny. I was distracted by how thin she, she was. was so and she looked beautiful, skinny. but like so thin. Like, there were times when, like her when legs, she was in like what? the leotards and she was like bare-legged, she has like a thigh gap. Like, it is not funny. Like, it is like not even, that's like scary. Totally. It's scary. No, you can run a, th- a ship through those legs. Those I are not, mean, that's like, was, like, and I, I mean, all. not to like, not to like spread rumors, but I had also read on IMDb, I um on like the trivia section under IMDb that the, all of the costumes that she wore in it had um, were designed to hide her neck because apparently it was damaged during anorexia. Which I don't know if that's true. No way. But after like watching, from I don't know what kind of damage you would get from that. But I just imagine that I don't know what it is. But if you look at it, all the costumes did have her neck was always covered in it, always like a mock turtleneck or something. And then she was so painfully skinny in this movie. I was like, wow, this is. She was so. So I wanted. I really like, want to the know point where her shoulder pads gave her curves. Yeah. Like that's like weird, I have to look at. I've got to look up more to see if she did have like a history history of eating disorders which would be a terror that's a shame i mean nobody should ever have to go through that but it's just i was like looking at her in this movie it's so scary but um yeah no it's totally a shame but it's at the same time i feel like in some way it's like it'd almost be validating to know because you're almost like as a as a viewer you're like please tell me there is something wrong with her because i i hate to say it because she looks beautiful, like really, really beautiful. And she, she looks like she's working her ass off. Like, I mean, she gives it like with all of her singing and dancing and she's later in the movie, movie, she dances like athletically. And for her to be so skinny, to be dancing that athletically is like crazy. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I mean, even, even like in the first, like, like, you know, back to like where like they first meet the sisters and, you know, like Bing Crosby and, and, um, Danny Kay are like sitting there, they meet them. And then like Danny Kay and Vera Ellen sort of go off and start dancing yeah, together. And she's in I that gorgeous, like it. fluffy pink, sparkly dress. And I'm just oh like, my in my she mind, I'm amazing. like, I want to dance with Danny Kay in a sparkly pink, fluffy dress. Like, <laughs> I, I really want you. to be her um, in that moment. I, and I'm sure you did too. Yeah, I did. I totally did. <laughs> He's so handsome. He is. <laughs> like, I wanted to wear that dress and I wanted to dance with Danny um, Kay. And that, like, actually, segues like, perfectly right into the next number because the next number is the um, yes. what was the name of it something to the effect of uh, I wrote it down Jesus why can't I um, the best things happen when you're dancing which is amazing which is a beautiful number actually like very oh, yeah. yep. very beautiful ballroom dancing sequence with like this amazing they, they work the entire veranda and this of this thing and they do oh, some my God. really it's athletic just dancing and Kenny Kay's skills dancing I was just like Jesus he real. that's when he was oh, that's when they really show him dancing he first is time. handsome I'm yeah. sorry he's, like that is some han- that's some dream. handsome man dancing <laughs> <laughs> in that movie in that one I was like yes, he really please. is he was no seriously I mean I remember being a really little kid and like seeing Danny Kaye like even as like a little little girl and thinking like he is so cute like so cute I mean yeah, there's just like seriously like you can kind of see stuff like even as like because it's just like um like there's he's not there's something not creepy about him he's just no, adorable you know what he's I mean like, like he's really like, charming oh my he's gosh, like, like yeah 
He's super charming. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about him that's not as like lecherous as other guys from this period or like super like totally mean. Like, mean. There's not an undercurrent of like yes. animosity. There's which... not a broiness about him. And it's just like, yeah, it's just so sweet. You just love him. Yeah. <laughs> we you just, just want to gush about Danny Kane. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so um, they do this beautiful number. And I definitely, I mean, definitely look it up, watch the movie, re- rewatch this number. I definitely YouTube this one after seeing uh, it, where it's just like this dancing. Amazing. Pretty stellar. I'm like, I want to learn to dance like that. <laughs> and I just, I love her. Like, I love her dress because it's like, it, it totally is armor. I mean, it's like all the way up to her neck, but it's like this fluffy chiffon with the beautiful rhinestones, like all over the bodice. And then she's got like, like it's that candy, like beautiful candy pink, mm-hmm. but with like the darker pink petticoat oh underneath. Yeah, so whatever she so twirls is like that tonal thing. It's just, just so very like fifties. Like that's just such a thing you see so much of. And like a lot of musicals at that time, it's like girls like twirling and they're wearing like tonal petticoats that are either a little darker, a little, or a little lighter. And it just, it just adds to like the magic of oh, everything. It's, it's just, really nice. It's great. Yeah, you know, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, so basically what it turns out is that they are gonna, they have to, they have to like skip town because they owe their landlord some money and all this stuff. And Danny Kay and Blake Crosby help them get it, help them get out by distracting the, the sheriff and the landlord. And by the way, they are skipping town for a grand total of $200. Yeah. It's also silly. It's like, like, like these are like the most chaste sisters in the world and they did something slightly less chased and they have to be run out of town. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's really dumb. But then, of course, Danny Kay and Bing Crosby do their their version of Sisters in drag, and it's basically like a lip sync for your life oh, moment. it's great. <laughs> it's like it's for, for your life. For your life. And all I can say is both of them uh, very on point. Really, yeah. Like, very, they very on lives. point together. <laughs> like, they are loving this. <laughs> And <laughs> a little a too little much. Too. Danny Kay was like, he was living for it. He was serving all oh, kinds. Oh, he's like, this is me now. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. He, 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 finished the, he finished that number. He finished recording that number that immediately made a call to his wife and just be like, we've got to talk. <laughs> I feel right. I feel right. I have a new life ahead of me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, Yeah, I have. I like legitimately laughed out loud, and I've seen those before. So I was like, "Damn, that still holds up." Um, It was just their facial expressions when they were doing it was so like so funny. Um, No, there's definitely a lot of bits in this movie that really do hold up. Just as far as like, and I think even just seeing it as an adult, like you certain things really do hold up. You know, you can kind of get their facial expressions or what they're going through, and that's definitely one of those moments. So then they basically, they haul ass to get to the train, too, and then they end up all on the same train through, like through Danny Kay giving the tickets to the ladies and a whole, basically he's scheming to get them together from, from day, from minute one. So he's like, we it's scheming poontang <laughs> hijinks. <much>. <laughs> <laughs> 1954 style. Yeah, pretty much. It's, um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty adorable. So then they end up may, um, they end up like becoming friends because of course, um, Bing Crosby's not having it because Danny Kay gave away the tickets and all that stuff. But then they connect over um, sitting in the club car and eating some food. And then they sing about, then they decide that they're all going to go to Vermont because that's where the ladies are going. And they want to go up there to see the snow. 
and then they sing the song Snow, which is actually a really cute song, and it sounds really pretty. It, it is didn't, really cute. It's not, they do it in, like, a round yeah. and with the sounds and everything. And they don't, and, you don't um, really hear that yeah. one. You would think that that would be, like, one of the um, another big Christmas song, but I guess White Christmas kind of overshadowed this one. But I did keep note, I did notice there is a line in this song about washing your hair with snow. And Rosemary Clooney uh, is yeah. <laughs> Rosemary Clooney says it like three times in the song, and I'm just like, "Bitch, you you need to stop worrying about." I was like, "Why are you so concerned with washing your hair with snow?" It's well, not. This okay, is not a good so way to do I'm, it. <laughs> Philip, I'm really, really glad you brought that up because at one point when she says about washing her hair with snow, it's literally her singing that in the background, and in the foreground you see. Clearly, it's a black porter who's, like, wiping down the glasses, and, like, you see his hands, and I'm like, uh, this white bitch is not even singing about washing her hair with snow when there's, like, this man in the background, like, in the foreground who's, like, clearly African-American, like, washing something in front of, it just, it felt a little uncomfortable. I just thought thought the concept of it all was, like, you know you can just use water, right? (laughs) You don't need to go, you don't need to go to the source material. (laughs) What are you doing? These are the kind of things, like, (laughs) You watch these with a modern eye, and you're like, ooh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but it is really cool, and I don't know about you, I've always been weirdly fascinated with Vermont myself. I've you know, I've always been. wanted to go and experience the winter wonderlands. Well, you've, you've actually lived in real snow. I haven't. So oh, I think that right. it's just... I think in my mind, everything looks like the Vermont Country Store. You know, like that catalog I used to get when I was a kid. Did you ever get one of those? <laughs> Vaguely. It was maybe. Oh. I'm sure I got tons of catalogs. That's what I think of as Vermont. Uh, well, it's oh. all well and good until it turns into slush and it's brown and disgusting. So <laughs> snow oh, is overrated. Okay. But um All right. Moving right along. So the kids all pull into Vermont and the train they get off the train and they realize there's no snow. And Vera Allen is wearing an amazing leopard fur hat. Which I just oh my god yeah like, she looks like, amazing yes queen wear that hat I don't care if it's ninety degrees you keep that hat on <laughs> it's adorable <laughs> um, it's ninety degrees and she has a sixteen inch waist <laughs> oh let this god. happen <laughs> um, so they end up at the uh, the inn and it turns out that it's owned by the same general that that was at the beginning of the movie that they were all in love with. Um, yeah. And the girls are, that's where the girls are um, booked to play. So they, um, they sing their sister song there. And um, at the empty, at the empty dining hall that's at the, attached to the inn, which is actually a really gorgeous set too. It's like a dining, a really big um, It really was a gorgeous set. But they were like, oh, well, there's no snow. Nobody's coming. But we have these amazing people here. And it was a little like, uh, like you see where this is going. <laughs> um, there is actually even an indoor fire pit. In this barn, in this like rustic barn thing, it was kind of amazing. I was like, I want that. Yeah. In my, I was like, where it is this barn? Amazing. We should go there. It'd be amazing. We could have Christmas there. It'd be wonderful. Um. So the guys cook up a. Also, just as being entertainers, like they got the star treatment as far as like how they were like living and staying at that lodge. Like everything seemed pretty, well, pretty sweet for being like. Yeah, pretty much. The I mean, there's no one else staying there. But I guess <laughs> nobody's like, there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was the thing they kept like highlighting. There's nobody here because we haven't had snow, and oh my gosh, this is gonna suck. Whatever are we going yeah. to do? You know? So the boys cook up a scheme to uh, put on the basically move their show from New York to. Vermont 
during the Christmas holiday season where they're going to be off anyway to help bring in some cash monties to the general. (laughs) (laughs) And the housekeeper, the housekeeper like loses her shit. And like, who is she? She's famous, right? I feel like she's from stuff. The the lady who's the housekeeper who kind of looks like Mrs. Kravitz, but but isn't. She's been in other things before. I feel like she's been like the meddling aunt or housekeeper in other things before. And I just can't quite place her name. So she reprises her role as the meddling housekeeper, and when she finds out that the guys are going to help him out, she, like, totally mugs down on both Danny Kaye and um, Bing Crosby. <laughs> and, he, and I just love that at one point Bing Crosby's into it. <laughs> she, like, pulls yeah. away. He's like, ooh, he goes yeah, for more. Yeah, that was weird. She, like, gives them both, like, these strong kisses on the lips, and both of them were like, you know what, that was <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. She got, she still got it. Um, so yeah, so basically the whole the show arrives. Everybody's having a great time. There's a rehearsal montage, and then it cuts into um, a minstrel number, which we all know what minstrel that got numbers super are. Super uncomfortable. But yeah, let's all praise Zenu. Because there wasn't blackface. Oh my god! <laughs> just, yes, I just I can't deal with those period Honestly, movies. Honestly, I'm so with glad blackface. you said like, that oof. because like as soon as they started saying "mammy" like over and over, and it started panning toward them, I'm like, are they blackface? Like in my mind, <laughs> because I couldn't tell because they were wearing that really tan pancake makeup. So at first, I was like, oh, whew, okay. Because yeah. then the song was like really, really long. And it's all about Mammy and Mandy. It, Mandy. It's about Mandy. Was it Mandy? I thought Mandy. it was Mammy. Because it basically starts out with the with one number about going to a minstrel show, and then when Vera Allen Ellen comes on stage, it turns into a song called Mandy. M A N D Y. Because okay. her name, her name in quotes is Mandy, like the character she's playing I on stage. See. So it's. It could sound like Mammy, but it's not. But actually, this was actually a really long number, but it was actually very entertaining. And it was really it was beautiful. Really entertaining. Um, this is yeah. the one that has uh, these backup dancers. Uh, th- I actually really love these backup dancers in the first beginning part because they have these bodysuits that are like net, like nude net bodysuits. And then um, they. Um, then there's like these sort of motifs that wrap around that are like um that they're, they're like bows and ribbons so they have like these giant bows on their butt and they're like tr- trains mm-hmm. and then the bodysuits are like ribbon but it like still leaves flesh shown so it's a little scandalous it's like the it's like the most amazing costume i want to find like good photos of that costume to post so that everyone could see how beautiful they are cuz they are killer costumes. I'm like, why hasn't the Rockettes, like, knocked these off and just used them? Because <laughs> they're really beautiful. Um, yeah. And um, and then Vera Ellen pops out of the floor. Good old floor elevators. Um, and then she's in a white bodysuit <laughs> with a train, with, like, a white train and um, red gloves. And this is where you notice that her legs are, like, super skinny and kind of scary. Um <clears throat> Yeah. 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 Um, we, we've already talked about I was, like, that. really conflicted, because <laughs> yeah. it was, like, she looked so beautiful, but then I was, like, ugh. Yeah. So skinny. But um, she does some high kicks, and she's, like, kicking and high kicking uh, and spinning amazing. in this number. Like, it is, like, her life depends on it. It is, it was, like, very athletic. I was, like, god damn, girl. I was, like, Jesus. Yeah. She is, like, going for it. No, that girl works her ass off in this movie. And, you know, that's definitely something you see. Like, it's like, okay, there's the two sisters. 
her and like Mary Allen, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney does not do things like that. She does not it's do not a numbers big dancer. like that. Not a big She's dancer. not a big dancer. Amazing singer and very beautiful, like, you know, and great actress, but like she does not do these like crazy acrobatic dance scenes like Vera Allen. And they are they are amazing, but I mean, I and I say this like from the bottom of my heart, like she's distractingly thin because she's beautiful, yeah. but she's like distract distractingly thin. Yeah, but I mean, she's like working real hard. I want. I mean, at the end of the number, they literally yeah. throw her down the stairs. Like they throw her down a staircase yes. and they catch her. Like it is crazy. I was like, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> I was like, how yeah. did they not kill this girl? <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. It was quite a number. It was pretty crazy. Um, oh, oh yeah. And also, oh, sorry, real quick. I just, I think that, but before that had happened though, cause remember at some point, like, like nobody's there, right? It's just the four of them. And they're like, well, like Bing Crosby's like, well, we're going to put on a big show. Let me make some phone calls. And then he like, makes right. Phone this calls is when all he, of a sudden, all these actors show up at this place in the middle right, of nowhere. That's because, yeah, because he because that was the phone call that he made. He they basically moved the entire show. Because what was happening is is they had the show in Florida. It was going to come to New York for rehearsals during the holidays, where it wasn't going to be running. So he decided they'll just move the whole thing up to Vermont. It was like yeah. a whole. I mean, and that they had the whole conversation where how much money is this going to cost them? And of course, it cost them millions of dollars i'm sure but it was like i mean quite a shelling it out for a hugely inconvenient mr crosby i don't care bring him up make it so he's like i don't see where the problem is um yeah so that you're right that was that was um that was an odd choice for him to make as a businessman. Yeah, because like it's one of those like if you're not a hundred percent like following that one little scene where he makes that phone call, you're kind of like, wait, wait, hold on, wait, where do all these yeah. people come? Where do these lavish sets and costumes come from all of a sudden out of nowhere <laughs> that everybody knows what they're doing and there's like fifty backup people? That's why. But oh man, it was great. <clears throat> and you know they're not following union rules either. Oh fuck that. <laughs> Do you see all the children running around on that set? No way. <laughs> um, so then the next scene is basically they just go, um, there's a scene where the sisters are in the cabin and they're trying, the, they, um, Vera Ellen's trying to get them, trying to get Rosemary Clooney to go and hang out with Bing Crosby. So she's like scheming and she eventually does get her to hang out, go into the, back into the barn and um, go get a midnight snack. Um, which I actually was thinking funny. I was like, man, that's got to suck to be, those ladies at that age to still have to have a roommate. I'm like, man, how old are you guys? I know. Right. Well, that's because they're not married. It's like the fifties. So like, even if they're like 45 years old, you know, they can't <laughs> be alone apparently. Yeah. So, and also like, too, like that whole, that whole, like, why don't she go eat something? I'm like, but she knows she's not going to eat. Fuck no. Like, Rosemary Clooney, she's probably hungry all the time. She's not eating a damn thing. So she can get into that outfit. Yeah, there is no eating on the set of White Christmas. Because you, you know that Vera Ellen's that like... That is off the show. You know Vera Ellen's like, go eat something so I can watch you eat. <laughs> and then you can come back yeah. and I can smell your breath. Can I just smell your hands? Smell your your ham hands? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we're going to get some letters We're about terrible. That. <laughs> 
Um, so um, Rosemary Clooney and Bing hang out and they're talking and then they sing a little song and then eventually they smooch a Rooney. You know, they have a little mug down sesh. And um, over sandwiches and buttermilk. <laughs> Nothing, more ro- <laughs> Nothing more romantic that, than sandwiches and buttermilk. Nothing more of a 1950s baby maker like sandwiches and buttermilk over Bing Crosby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 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 this is off-putting right now, people. <laughs> All of this. It's so milky. It's so thick and viscous. It's like, what are you doing? I'd like to Even Bing Crosby's a, voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like to eat a disappointing sandwich with a glass of buttermilk at, over conversation with Bing fucking Crosby. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty Best gross. worst diet ever. <laughs> Um, yep, so then that's basically what they're, they're, um, so that's basically setting them up that they're actually falling in love. And they sing this really weird song, Counting, Counting Your Blessings Instead of Counting Sheep, um, which I guess is his way of saying, like, how you put yourself to bed is by boring yourself to death. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently that song was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Song that year. Jesus, are you serious? Yeah, I don't, it must have what? been a, must have been a slow year. <laughs> wasn't the best no. song. It didn't win. That fucking early 50s was rough, rough post-war shit. Man. Deep um, denial. Yep, so, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and of course, Dan, um, while they're mugging down, uh, Danny Kaye and Vera Allen are, like, creeping out the window, like, looking at them all, <laughs> peeping Tom oh, style. God. Which, <laughs> like, you know, it's so funny because Danny Kaye and Vera Allen, like, from the minute they met, they were like, yep. This situation looks good to me. Let's do this. You know, like from the very minute they were together, they were like scheming and and thinking all like this lavender kingdom's lovely. You know, like just going at it. Like it is perfect. They had like the the most. I'm I'm just saying I I I'm I'm envious of their relationship. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> everything everything was so seamless. I, j- I just want to dance in a pink fluffy dress with Danny Kay. Sorry. Just put it no, out there. It's just, okay. That's your one takeaway from this movie is that it should have been you. Uh, yes, pretty much. Yeah. So um, basically they cut to the next morning where they have like dress rehearsals and uh, let's see, there's a choreography number and it's called choreography. And that one was weird. It was really weird. It was sort of some commentary. It was weird. It was like a commentary, musical theaters commentary on modern dance. And it was just like, what are, yeah. what are we watching? Danny Kay doing modern dance with some backup dancers who are trying to be like, that really was weird. And the, the honestly, the backup dancers look like people you would almost see today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Basically. Like, these chicks with like long ponytails and dark eye makeup and like knit black dresses, like doing very performance arty sort of things around <laughs> them. And it was, it was very funny. And also I, I just felt like the whole gist of the song was like, like the whole idea of like choreography was like some big word, <laughs> like some big word they couldn't use. You know? but, but then like Vera Ellen, like is lowered from the ceiling in a fuchsia, teeny tiny cir- circle yes. skirt with a, like a fur muff. And then this like gorgeous tap dancer comes and, and, and like for everybody like uh, that's that's a that's a cuff of fur around around her arm. A just muff for everybody. To know oh right, that's, a fur that's muff what is. is what you yeah. put your hands okay. in to keep your hands warm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's allegedly it's a thing. <laughs> it's. 
for, for us younger younger audience, all five of them out there, that's what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really weird. They were just tap dancing around them while they were doing this weird um, modern dance choreography. And I was like, what 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 is happening? What are what are it we doing? It was very here? very funny. It was strange to say the least. It um, was like they 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 like dropped in Vera Allen. She's like she's like this like sparkly pink girl and next to nothing like with all these other girls like performance art performance art she comes in and just like boop <laughs> yeah. look I'm twirling around and I got these panties like, on and, look at these you know and tap dancing which I'm like I'm confused yeah. so are you guys it's saying really that weird. this is bad like I couldn't tell what they were trying to say but I was like it's it was a strange one I feel um, like she tap danced on their choreography parade. Maybe. She, <laughs> she, just, she just like, your number is stupid. Let me chat it up. Did you see how bright and ruffly my panties are? <laughs> um, yep, so while this is going on, um, Bing Crosby's making a call to his friend in the city to try and get on TV, to try and get all of the, the all of his like buddies from the from their infantry unit up to the lodge to get to really, you oh, know, right. really yeah. like sing the praises the of the, yeah. And yeah. also like to really give it to the, to the general. Cause he was such a great guy and all this stuff. And, um, the Rosemary Clooney and the, the housekeeper over here is and misconstrues it. Thinks that he's trying to cash in on the, the general's bad time and blah, blah, blah. So Rosemary gets all uppity and then she like quits the show because she can't deal with, can't deal with this um, gold digging and all this stuff. So um, she like pieces out. Um, And um, let's see. There's a, then after, well, she doesn't piece out. She just like threatens to quit the show. And then there's a cast party. And then that's when things kind of hit the fan because uh, Vera Ellen and Danny Kaye announced that they're engaged in air quotes because they want to, scheming upon scheming upon scheming it's very it gets convoluted at this point why they got yeah. why they got um <clears throat> why they got engaged um so vera allen's just like peace i'm going to new york i can't deal with this show so she's out um and then there's then they go good they go back to the performing the the theater thing um and then there's this tap number it's just like vera allen and another dude just the, some the choreographer, I guess. He was gorgeous too, by the way. He was like in literally yeah. two scenes, and he was gorgeous. And he was like a mad, mad good um, tap dancer. Just like furious, they did like this furious swing tap dance number, and I was just like, Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was really awesome. Um, and then basically they cut to um, the Bing is in goes to New York to talk to his buddy on TV to try and get the the troops there, and then he ends up at the Carousel Club where Rosemary Clooney is playing. Which, by the way, the Carousel Club looks amazing. I want to go there. Yeah, I want to go. <laughs> I, like, I definitely want to go. It's basically just a supper club that's filled with creepy carousel horses just everywhere. and rosemary clooney yeah but how is how great that is it just seemed like it just seemed like a six-year-old girl stress nightmare (laughs) it's just like (laughs) tables of horses which would be our dream (laughs) pretty much so rosemary's has to perform a number that's um that's called uh Love you didn't do me do right by me, um, and she comes out, which I think is amazing. So basically, the curtain rises, and it's a sheer chiffon curtain 
And it's, she walks out in this giant black mermaid gown, and then the sheer curtain yes. goes back down, hiding the band. And I was just like, can I get a sheer curtain, please? I know. Like, I just love the way that it was like... <laughs> can I have this in my everyday life? <laughs> it was like no. one of those okay. theater curtains she that they raise up. so fucking beautiful in that. Can I just say, movie star. And in that whole yes. scene, like, honestly, you know who I kept thinking was Marilyn Monroe. Like, just the hair and, mm. like, the figure and the costume and everything... And it's not to say that, like, like I'm not trying to compare the two, but just that whole no, sort of yeah. general look. Like, she just she just was that blonde bombshell and beautiful, and I loved her. Like, the way she sang, like, that whole scene, I was just like, why did I, why have I not seen more of this woman? Like, why did she, why did her career not, like, blow the fuck up like Marilyn Monroe's? Like, why, how come I did not see more of her? Because she looked fucking amazing in that. Just yeah. beautiful and, like, loved her voice and her charisma. I, I kind of, it was kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, the dancing was, was really a, good. the dancing was a little weird with the backup dancers. It was, but but it, it was, was a, a great weird, it was a like, great number. She sang yeah. it right down the barrel. She literally sang it right down the barrel of the of the camera, just looking straight into the camera as if that was like yeah. Bing Crosby. And um, but I did have a little bit of an issue with her gloves because they were covered in rhinestones that were slightly too big so it made the gloves look a bit like oven mitts where i just i was like every this isn't working for me because they just kind of made the hands look a little bit like puffy she just she just kind of looked like she could you know when you go when you put uh, mitts on your hands and kind of like crab peat crab claw people that's kind of what they looked like so it was a little bit too much she's for like glamour girl crab people it was like like she's like she's like I'm a glamour girl but I'm suffering from the chicken pox and I can't scratch my face it was such an I was like they I think that they really didn't they didn't think those gloves through but um, no, probably overall not. everything else looked really good the or dress was, was really gorgeous like too one of those things of like it probably would have looked really amazing like on stage like from way far away but when they do yeah. those like camera close-ups you're like hello <laughs> like, that's <laughs> too much <laughs> yeah it was i think that they didn't really think those through. i think they probably yeah. just like saw them at the time and they're like they look amazing and then they didn't really take the time to like think like look at it like yeah. objectively um but yeah. her gown was really gorgeous because amazing it had like straps that were like shaped like lightning bolts or like they were like curly q like like sh- they weren't just like a normal shaped strap i was like that's really gorgeous and then the whole back of it all the neck neckline and back was all like kind of like beautifully shaped and stuff and like it wasn't just like a standard standard shaped dress it was like yeah. all black but it had like these beautiful lines like in the in the straps and stuff i was like good for you um edith head making making some beautiful th- making simple gowns look beautiful no, like since she delivered the good. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's the thing is, like, she knew how to tell the story, yeah. like with all of her stuff, and like the outfits were always really good and harmonizing, and like everybody was as good as a group, you know. Yeah, but, she uh, does. Yeah, she um, amazing. It's inter- um There's definitely there's an interview because Bob Mackie worked with her, and she oh, nice. had um he had mentioned that yeah he had done an interview like for the Paley Center or something, and they asked him about her, and he said that she was a really great 
manager. She wasn't necessarily yeah. the great greatest designer because she had a team of people working with her. Like she was doing so many movies, she was almost just like the head of the costume. She's department. like she, a coordinator. Yeah, yeah. So basically, she ended up putting her name on all of these movies that she costume designed. But it was basically like she was kind of just like making designing the looks of the movie and people were actually getting down and doing the nitty-gritty almost like how design like fashion design works these days where there's a there's like the face or name of the brand and then there's these people who are actually doing the designing work but at the end of the day the say the yes or no comes down to that main person so if there's something that they hate it doesn't make it to the end so i understand what he was saying but i you know and that's kind of just the reality of it there isn't just like one grand wizard doing all of it from start to finish so oh yeah no totally but i think she had a really good eye for like seeing things like the big picture Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like being able to see all those things as a whole and i totally agree it's like yeah she may not have been sitting there like stitching together her dress but just like to be able to have an eye to be able to see all those like these are like big mega grand movies and to be able to like see these whole like ensemble like things you know, as a whole is just kind of amazing, you know, and to take on as much work as she did, like, it's kind of, you kind of have to be able to to like manage a team and like, um, and to delegate responsibilities and stuff. So it makes, it's good on her for being able to do that to, and not fold under that kind of pressure. I mean, just to to be on her team, like if you were somebody, yeah. Like if if you were somebody who she could entrust to doing like a whole fucking movie would be amazing. It's like a Martha Stewart. Like, you know, Martha Stewart's, like, entrusting whole people to do just, like, big major things, and yeah. yet, you know, under her label. I so, just, I think that the, know. I think the big, the rub there is, is that she wasn't giving enough credit, or if any credit, to the yeah. people below her, where it was just sort of like she was kind of saying, she was kind of inferring that it was all her, and she was like but a one-man team, you know. She didn't, yeah. she didn't really do a lot to, like, promote the people beneath yeah. her, which is, which is tough, you know, when you have a manager it who is does tough. that. And I'm sure a lot easier to do back in the day when it would have been so much like now with social media and the internet, mm-hmm. it'd been much easier to be like, no, actually I did this. Yeah. My proof. But um, like back then, you know, yeah. But also back, oh, yeah. had. but back then you also had like a huge team of everybody. You had a team of sewers, you had a team of beaters, a team exactly. of like drapers. It was like those photos that you see of like yeah. the costume studios back then were just so gorgeous. I just love looking at oh, them. I was like, I wish epic. I was there. I mean, they were a machine. Yeah, yeah oh, me too. It's like, I want to <laughs> be too. Of- like I a, wanted. I know. I'm like. I want to be a first pattern maker. <laughs> I want to do that so bad. <laughs> um, yep. So oh, um, yeah, let's amazing. just kind of back to the movie real fast. So basically, um, the Bing Crosby just pleads. Um, goes on to the Ed Harrison show and makes it right and basically and Rosemary Clooney realizes that he was wasn't trying to cash in on the general he was just trying to get everybody up there so it basic she's like now she's like back in it she's like I want to be back on the Bing train yeah <laughs> so yeah. she uh, so they all head back up to Vermont and then um, Rosemary Clooney like arrives just in the nick of time and then they do they basically surprise the general with all his troops from the world war and all this stuff and it's like a really touching scene where he's there and all the troops are there and it's um really it's actually yeah. really sweet um and it is very touching they do this big military number where we um they do uh they reprise we love him from the beginning and then they also do I'm, i wish i was back in the army which was um cute uh, and then they it begins to snow just in time. 
Yes. And yeah. then they do they their white Christmas their number. And the costumes in the white Christmas number are some of the most gorgeous Mrs. Santa Claus realness you've ever seen yeah. in your life. It is yes. what they really the are. Worst. They are the quintessential Christmas costumes. Like when you think I of mean, yeah. <laughs> classy Christmas, that would be this. Like, I mean, they yeah. they are so cute. And you know what I love is like the sisters are wearing matching costumes, but they're made to mirror each other. So when they're standing, like they both are wearing like like these long, like basically Mrs. Claus dresses mm-hmm. that have these like, like overskirts with the white trim that hike up on one side, but they both hike up on like opposing sides yeah. so that when they're standing together, they're like mirrored. It's, it's just so cute. And like, there's little things like that that make a huge difference. But, and then they had like the little girls and the boys and like little like elf costumes and like little like ballerinas. Ballerinas, it was quite. um, Although I have to say like in that group shot where they all get together, none of those kids look happy. They look like they are just balancing (laughs) precariously, uncomfortably and miserable. Like it's probably like their 80th take. But man, they put up a good show. Yeah, like, probably. I, you know, kudos to those kids because that must have been hard fucking work. I can't even imagine working with Bing Crosby and all those people. No. So yeah, but uh, but everybody looks good. It like was they gorgeous. look amazing. They had their their they had their red taffeta with the rhinestone motifs like sprinkled all over it. They yes, had like the yes. white fox fur trim, which was you could tell is real fur because it does not it's have that luck. like it doesn't have that Just fake fur very, look. Yeah, it was like oh, it's so gorgeous. Um, yeah, and then um, that was pretty much it. It just looked like a it looked like one hell of a shindig. <laughs> yeah, and it ended on that beautiful finale of White Christmas. It yeah. was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. Yeah, but it really was. I guess the gist of the movie was, you know, these guys and like I, I don't know if it was like the whole the story was like for war vets or you know. A, guys who came back from the war but it definitely it it had a super strong military influence throughout the whole thing and um and then also just the idea of like this guy you know where they go to to put on the the thing that used to be their their general from the war and he's like down on his luck and so it's like repaying a favor like paying it forward yeah i think that's one of the major idea of like being a good person and paying it forward so i thought that was really cool in that sense of like what sort of the the essence of the message was pretty cool it wasn't as Christmassy as I thought it was going when I originally first saw this movie I was expecting it to be mostly about Christmas but it's kind of like I agree not a big Christmas it was really more about like honestly I felt like it was more about war veterans it really it felt a lot more about like the military and coming back from the war and sort of just in, in some ways dealing with PTSD, like there was, there was some really like weird little, like weird overtones in there where you're just like, Hmm, wasn't expecting this, you know, like, yeah. again, you know, you think of white Christmas and like, if you were just, if you were somebody who's like, Oh, I've never seen that movie. I've just sort of seen these like little clips of it over and over in commercials. That's sort of what you would think the movie is. And it wasn't yeah. that at all. It was actually kind of heavy. It's but not Bing Crosby just singing Danny white Christmas. K. on <laughs> Yeah, no. In fact, like, honestly, like, I, I felt like he was a little milk toast as far as, like, his character. It really didn't stand out for me so much no, as, like, Danny yeah. Kaye did. He wasn't Danny that. Danny Kaye, and then, like, honestly, the two sisters. Like, Vera Allen was really great, but Rosemary Clooney was really great, too. She yeah, was, like, she was really, really kind of, kind of stand out and, like, personality and just really pretty and 
Yeah, and I loved her voice. I loved how yeah. actually her and Vera Allen both had, they didn't have um, like very high feminine voices. They were more like belters, like they belted well, it out with like sort of grady voices. And I love that. I love they well, kind of had a real feel to it. Vera was dubbed. They actually, oh, really? uh, she I did had, not know that. She, she was, she's actually always been dubbed. And there's this one girl that I, there's like, I think they go between two different girls that dub her, but she was the only one that was dubbed in this movie. All the oh. other ones sang their own parts, which I was like, okay, interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. So she was actually well, dubbed. I loved Rosemary Clooney's voice. I loved like oh, yeah, it had sort of a grittiness to it. And mm-hmm. like, yeah. I kind of like, actually after watching this movie, I really want to like, um, listen to some of her music. Cause I know she's kind of, like a torch singer you know like from that time and was sort of a top 40 person and now i totally want to get some of her music yeah and and she's george clooney's aunt so there's that no way you didn't know that well i figured that maybe they were like i was like what are the odds they're like yeah that's like the whole big thing that's the whole big thing is is that rosemary clooney's yeah i kind of see the resemblance Oh my gosh, they, they kind of both have the big yeah. eyes and stuff. Put Rosemary Clooney what? in some scrubs, and you're just like, it's it's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my yeah, god. So that well, what did you is... think of the movie in general? Like, did Overall, you like it? I thought it. I thought it's good. I think it's a good movie. I love. I love the costumes in it are gorgeous, um, especially the stage costumes. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really like the storyline. It's actually kind of cute. Um, it, yeah. holds up. it holds up. That's probably why it's still considered like I agree. Um, a, a classic. Um, yeah. yeah. But overall, I think this movie's great. I think it's a pretty good one. I'll go back to this one. Definitely watch it again. How about you? That's oh, cool. I think, yeah, I think I think so too. I could see myself watching it again too, and just again like the Danny Kane-ness and and mm-hmm. it is just great. You know, the Danny Kane. Yeah, Danny Kane for the win he, on this one. <laughs> he yeah, he's like major major like um, just like uh, charisma. Yeah. yeah. He's like really sweet. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, so yeah, so then um, that's basically it for the this episode. Um, All right. Want to encourage you guys to connect with us on social media, Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook, at Old Hollywood Realness on Instagram, at OHR Podcast on Twitter, and as always, we want to give a huge thank you to Hal Loveland for generously lending his vocal talents for the opening of the podcast. Been mad ups to Hal. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys and so that's um, yeah sorry do you have anything else <laughs> oh, i was just gonna say um thanks again for bearing with us while we try to record this episode long distance there's probably a lot of us talking over each other not intentional so <laughs> thanks again for having patience with our ability to make things happen i, I wonder i guess we should have um we should have mentioned this at the top that this is our christmas episode this <laughs> is our christmas episode <laughs> we're uh yeah so we're uh we're we're pushing it up in the queue to make it um to make it launch in time for christmas so enjoy have a happy holidays everybody yes have a Egg- wonderful christmas i hope it's magical eggnog <laughs> and poinsettias and gift wrapping and Lots of rhinestones and lots of bright lights and maybe some well, lots of rhinestones. Yeah, so slip into your rhinestone sequin negligees and sit by, sit underneath the tree <laughs> while, uh, while you just sip eggnog with your loved ones. <laughs> Philip, these negligees—they weigh like fifty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. This whole uh, thing. 
You know how I do. I'm wearing 25 pounds of Swatsky crystals. <laughs> Only the best for Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>